1: Welcome back, Dan Silion National Football Show. Shaking my head here. Hang on. Let me let me get a shot of whiskey here. Oh wait, it's watered. Relax. So a college kid is gonna make a million dollars. This is so freaking great. This is everything I've dreamed about. I got into sports broadcasting because of the low-life NCAA people. You talk about child labor laws. I never knew how the NCAA never was held accountable for how they made these billions of dollars. You heard the B right, billions of dollars without compensating these kids in basketball and in football. I never knew how they got away with it. Finally, Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh even came down. You're not above the law, dude. They act like a monopoly, and theoretically, they are a monopoly. They dictate how the player can um, transfer. They set these unholy rules up for the players, but not the coaches. Get this. So a coach can go from one program to another without any kind of penalty but if a kid goes to program the program, he's got to sit out. Who came up with that rule? Why, why, what was the what was the premise on that? When you transferred, why did why did you why did I have to sit out when I went from Maryland to Miami? Unfair competitive balance? Well, wait a minute. So when a guy like Brian Kelly leaves the University of Cincinnati, at the Sugar Bowl. Do you know how he did it? So he walks into a team meeting down in New Orleans. Teams down there getting ready to play. They're getting ready to play. I forget who it was in that, maybe Georgia. And he informs his team at a dinner the week of the Sugar Bowl that he's leaving for Notre Dame. The players are all sitting there going like this. What? You can't even coach one more game? I came here to play for you, and you don't have the decency to play and be a part of our play for one more game. Brian Kelly goes, I have to go to Notre Dame now. No penalty, no nothing. Scoots on right there. Player does that. Sit out, blackballed, all that other stuff by the NCAA their unholy rules have finally come to a head now where people see who and what they are. We had Tim Brando on with us a couple weeks ago, and even Tim goes, the NCAA, who's listening to them anymore? They're the biggest joke on the planet. And get this, during, here, here's, here's the prime example. Of this, and I'll get into Bryce Young here, the quarterback of Alabama here in a second. Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, made $2.9 million last year. During a pandemic where programs were being shut down, women's programs, wrestling programs, volleyball programs, schools lost hundreds of millions of dollars. And this guy's taking in 2.9. And get this, it was a bump up in money from the year previous. What did you do that was so iconic last year? You had no pulse or no control over the Big Ten, the Southeastern Conference, the Pac-12. You were just a dude last year. Personally, I think Mark Emmerich has been the worst thing I've ever seen for the NCAA. Just a terrible CEO. Man, I wish we had somebody like Dana White. College football would prosper, and it would be maybe the second biggest sport in this country if Dana White was like the commissioner of that thing. Because I love the way Dana White runs UFC. Dana White's not going to listen to any politician. He's not going to listen to any TV dude. He's not going to listen to any analyst. He's going to do things his way, and he's going to tell you to shut the F up. Dana's not going to let a pandemic, just like Nick Saban's not going to let a pandemic get in his way. Tom Brady, pandemic, that's on you. Those guys used the pandemic to their advantage because they knew all the snowflake people that were out there were going to be humming and hawing. Well, you know... I don't know. It kind of enlarges your heart, doesn't it? No, it turned out to be not true. Well, wait a minute. What about the mass outside? Kids in their twenties do not get sick from this. Yeah, but what about the um? You know, and you're like Dana's like, shut up. I love the way he ran UFC. I do. So Mark Emmert and the NCAA, National Communist Association of America, finally going to have a pitchfork stuck in it. Thank God. Put that thing to rest, man. Honestly, put that thing down. You know, I would say something else, but because of the snowflake rules for incitement, Big Sills is going to, I guess, learn how to edit himself. That thing really does need to be put down. Sorry, man. You're old now. Heart ain't working. It's time. Bye bye. Time to get rid of that thing. Great story today. Nick Saban, the head coach, Alabama's naughty. And by the way, this guy wasn't even the starter on that team. Mac Jones was the starter last year. So Bryce Young, now, the starting quarterback who's going to go against Mike Cain's Labor Day weekend. I don't know. Is he good? I think so. Uh, We'll see. He's closing in on a million dollars in endorsements. Good for him. That is so great. And know this. Alabama probably looks at it like this. You know what's going to be good? It's going to be good for both. I'm going to show you How? You're not going to be able to do a billboard. You're not going to be able to do an endorsement without having the Alabama gear on. You don't think Alabama's going to want their cut of that? You're not going to be able to use logos. This is going to be an absolutely spectacular classroom for all of these kids to learn that get this. Hey, if you want to go out and you want to have a white shirt on and you want to be Bryce Young and you don't have anything tied to you or anything is said to you about Alabama football, all yours. But once you start bringing in the conversation about Alabama football, hi, this is Bryce Young, the starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Well, now we got a problem here because now you're using our name and like, you know, what's funny. What's really great is, is that the institutions now are going, wait a minute. It's our name and likeness now, but you've been using the kids name and likeness to promote football games like the iron bowl for the last hundred years. But now you want your cut If the kid gets a cut, how funny is that? How many times do you see a CBS ad and you see likeness of Tebow or Johnny Football or whomever, Tim Tebow, that used his likeness for all them years? I would say this. If I was Tebow and I was Johnny Manziel, I would go like this. You guys owe me some money for what you did in promoting the Texas A&M Texas game. All that money that you guys generated from that game? I think you guys may owe me money. Oh, are we just going from, like, you know, July 20th forward? Or July 1st, actually, since that rule got put in, the nil rule. I mean, it, it's, it's starting then because if that's the case, the NCAA would be broke by August. Can you imagine all the people that Deion Sanders and Playmaker, those guys when they were in college, man, how much money those dudes made, man? Think about that for a minute. Playmaker. You know, and you yet primetime, dude, primetime would have made a billion dollars in college with those iconic nicknames. They made hundreds of millions of dollars with those names. Once they got to the NFL, they would have made the same money when they were in college. So Bryce Young now, and you know what you're going to get? You're going to get the old curmudgeons. By the way, we had Bill Hancock on the uh, program, I don't know, about a month ago. And he's the executive director of the college football playoff. Remember what he said? Okay. Maybe we'll post that. And we'll put that on our Jacob Media slash National Football post after this. Because you know what Bill Hancock said? If we start paying players, that's when the whole system goes to hell. Well, guess what, Bill? And I like Bill. I'm a fan of Bill. I'm a fan of college football. I'm not a fan of that comment. I think this is the greatest thing on the planet for college football and kids. Because you get to learn business too. What's the sense of going to college if you can't start your own business? Aren't you looking? I mean, I know people who go to Harvard and Bill Gates. And Mark Zuckerberg, all those people who go to those colleges like that to learn to create something, that's why they go to those type of schools. Guy creates a social media platform that now he's one of the richest men on the planet, Mark Zuckerberg. You know how he started it? This guy started it with a website, Hot or Not. (laughs) Is this chick hotter than this chick? That's how he started it. Then it went into the Facebook, and then it went to Facebook. This guy here, that's who he – he went to Harvard to try to start a business. Well, look at what these kids are doing. What's the difference? No difference. Or when somebody goes to a Ivy League school or any college, be a doctor, you learn how to become a doctor. Well, when you're a professional athlete, it's more than just playing on Sundays today. The economics – The identity, the logo, the imaging, all of that today is essential in you growing a brand. What a better classroom. I mean, actually, if you think about it, a guy like Bryce Young at Alabama, this should be part of his curriculum. This should be part of him graduating. So, wait a minute. Bryce Young made a million dollars as a starting quarterback at Alabama. And you're not going to look at that if you're Alabama and go, here's three credits. Here's three credits for what you're doing right now because you're now a trendsetter for Alabama. Look, I I, I heard that De'Ara King, the starting quarterback for Miami, I think he just signed a $25,000 um, endorsement deal, and I think he's got a couple more. I think he's over $150,000. That's fantastic. Okay? That's fantastic. And all the those two programs, because of the logos and the iconic program and who they're playing for, you know Miami and Alabama. You throw those logos and those helmets on the field, you know who they are. So you're gonna you're gonna attract people like that. This is the best thing on the planet. Now you know what you're gonna hear. Yeah. Well, what about the smaller programs? How about this? Here, you you, you know what's you know what's crazy. I always get this conversation when people throw this at me. Well, wait a minute. Is it fair that Alabama has players that can make a million dollars and San Diego State or San Jose State doesn't have a player on the roster that, um, you know, can't make any money? Have you ever heard of free enterprise? Not every franchise makes it. Not every business makes it. Just because Alabama makes the kind of money they make, they shouldn't have to share with you. Look at the amount of decades that they spent building that brand up. What have you done with your program? Just because your program doesn't generate that kind of revenue, that has nothing to do with Alabama. Zero. You must not. How about this? I'll give you. I'll give you an example of a school that built their brand up to being one of the most iconic brands in the country. And they're a tiny school. You ready? There's two of them. What about Gonzaga? Can, do you even know what conference Gonzaga plays in? Gonzaga, the basketball team that you see every year with these tremendous records and always playing in the uh, NCAA tournament. Now you're starting to see guys go into the um, uh, NBA from those programs. Look at what they did. You know what they did? They canned their football program. They put all their economic resources into their basketball program, and you know what they have? They have an iconic basketball program because they wanted to have an iconic basketball program. Look at Duke. Duke's a small school. You think they care about their football program? Duke is decent, but it's nothing to – look at all those schools in the ACC. North Carolina's gotten better because they got Mac, Mac Brown there now. But look at Wake Forest. Wake Forest football. Okay. NC State football. Really, even Maryland. Maryland's known for being a basketball school. Okay, now they're in the Big Ten. I get it. But I'm, I'm, all those ACC programs, they were all basketball, tobacco road guys. Okay? Right? Clemson is a football school. Clemson's not a hoop school put most of their resources into their – and most of these programs around the country that try to have both, you know what you end up having? Mediocre programs on both levels, basketball and football. That's what Miami's trying to do. You know why Miami is not Miami of 25 years ago? They got a basketball program they're now funding. When I played at Miami, and people have forgotten this, when I played at the University of Miami, we didn't have a college basketball program. It was a baseball program, and they won four national titles and we have a football program, and we won five national championships. We didn't have basketball. We didn't have basketball until my senior year at Miami when they restarted the program up. So we didn't have to put any of our resources into a basketball program. Why do you think Miami, like in in a 10-year span, do you know this? Miami won 58 consecutive games at home. You know that's 11 years? We didn't lose a game for 11 years at the Orange Bowl. And in that process, we didn't have a basketball program. But since we instituted that basketball program, we had to start paying money in 2002, three, and all that when we went to the ACC and out of the Big East. Miami football has had one 10-win season in 20 years. Think of that for a minute. So my point is, maybe this is going to weed out all these programs that shouldn't have a basketball and a football program. Not everybody's the Southeastern conference. Speaking of that, look at the SEC. What's the most dominant college basketball program? And by the way, you know why Alabama basketball is starting to kick into high gear? And you're starting to see Alabama basketball as a player now in the national landscape? Because the football program generates so much money. And the Southeastern conference is like the Premier League, like I said. Do you think the SEC needs the Big Ten? Watch this. If the SEC decided to play just themselves and nobody else, I'd still watch that more than any other programs in the country. Watching Big Ten football, watching Ohio State run over Michigan again, that's not that entertaining to me anymore. And what the process has done, because the NCAA, without a doubt, has been run into the ground by Mark Emery. you've taken the Oklahoma, Nebraska, and you've taken the Texas and the Texas A&M rivalries out of the room where people had an identity so that maybe around Turkey Day or maybe around the holidays, you knew that you were going to have a national rival. Those rivals are no longer there. Why should I tune in to Nebraska versus Iowa? Who cares? Who cares? Texas A&M, Missouri is not a rival. So what's going to happen because of this Bryce Young and you know what I love about it, too? Nick Saban's not bitching at all about it. Yeah, you know, you'd think some of these old coaches would be going like this. Well, I don't know, you know, man. You know, maybe this is really not going to be good for college football, and they're all doing this. Great. He wouldn't release any of the details, but this kid's going to make a million dollars. You imagine with that football team last year when they had Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and you had Nikhil Harry, and Mac Jones, and that entire offensive line, those guys would have been billionaires before they went to the NFL if you had that football team last year with that nil law. Holy cow, man. Those guys would have made bank. They would have made bank. All right, I want to hit on the Steelers. Do I think that Mike Tomlin's on the decline, or are they going back up again? I'll hit on that. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
0: Learn more at IBEW98.org. On the field of life
2: it's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome
1: back to the National Football Show. I'm looking for a picture of Big Sills's Corvette that I had. And I'm going to try to tweet it out here. When I was at Miami, someone was like, Sills. And and my boy Krause goes, look at this guy making a million dollars. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> not, not saying that I made that kind of money. But now that we are understanding that kids are going to be able to make money, I'll take you behind the scenes a little bit at the University of Miami back in the day. And if you ever ask Eric Dickerson how much money he's made when he was at SMU, remember what they did to SMU, right? They put him on the death penalty. Where's that beautiful Corvette? Had three miles on it. God, I love that car. Jimmy Johnson. Oh, here it is. So I'm going to tweet it out. I'm going to put National Football Show, The National Football Show. I'll put Jacob Media, Jacob Media, Big Sills, (laughs) Big Sills, Miami Car. Okay, here we go. C-A-R. Okay, I just tweeted it. Tell me what you think. There we go. National Football Show, Jacob Media, Big Sills, Miami car. Boom. See it right there? Oh, look at that bad dog. That's in the Miami Hurricane parking lot. Isn't that thing? Look at that bad puppy. Oh, that thing was beautiful. That's a car I drove around at the University. That's my very first car. Okay? I at it there. I ain't done. Cal, retweet. There you go. Look at the guys working it. Look at that. Very good. I, I, I didn't need a nil. I had my own nil. I was on my own program. Way to go, Cal. Look at that bad dog. Another that a beautiful vet? Two miles on it. Two miles on it. Remember something, too. Eric Dickerson had a Trans Am. I know most Italians hang in there with the Trans Am, but Big Sills was like, no, 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 no Trans Am. That's a little bit rednecky for me. Not doing Trans Ams. I want a Corvette. (laughs) So what did I, hey, what did I do? And I didn't have to do very much when I was in college. And why was that? Well, because we won. Nil program, nil law. See, hey, even, even my boy Krause, has got to go, look at Big Sills there with his, look at that. How many kids drive around a $60,000 car in college? Hey, Don, this was, I was one of many though. Now that we've like, um, you know, pulled the curtain back and everybody's able to make money. I think you're going to hear more of these stories. I'll give it to you. So, once you became a starter at the University of Miami. I won't name names because some of these guys are still friends of mine and associated with the program and but here here here's what it was at Miami. 10 tackles and were was $100. A sack was another $100. So, my final year at Miami, I had 91 <laughs> I had 91 tackles, and I had seven sacks. I led my team, my defensive tackles. I included Jerome Brown. I will play Jerome. Uh, Jerome missed a couple games, though. Don't kid yourself. He's the greatest defensive lineman ever come out of our program. Jerome was spectacular. Not even saying that. So we'd have a guy come in, and there'd be an envelope. And you're looking for your envelope, and you you see it in your um, mailbox. And you go and there's a hundred dollar bill in there. Wow, I think you forgot that sack, John. Ja. I think you, for- hey Jackson. I think you forgot that sack. Oh yeah, here's 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 the hundred. Or you'd show up to an alumni event, guy Dan. So great to see you. Thank you so much for coming by. Da 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 Chevrolet. Hey man, I really appreciate you know the fact that you have me. Here's five hundred bucks. <laughs> wow, this is great. Thank you very much. Alonzo Highsmith said it when he was standing there at our awards banquet. Alonzo Highsmith, now know this, was the third player selected in the NFL draft by the Houston Oilers. He looked over at me and everybody who was on that podium, and he looked over at us and went, I wish I had four more years. (laughs) Hey, we all do, man. That was so much fun. There were so many people. I, I told you the story. I, I went home once with like $8,000 in a brown paper bag. My grandfather told me to give it back. It was an agent, and it was the right thing to do. Um, I had taken like $1,500 to have a meal at Sparks uh, Steakhouse in New York or something. I took my buddy. We had $450 deal uh, meals, these gigantic lobster dinners, man. It was crazy. And so we went down there. We had a great time. It was just but all the, that stuff was going on at every school that was winning. Every school was winning, was coming up to the kids and give, you had to really be careful because you couldn't let it get out of hand. I know a guy that I played with. I won't say his name. This guy had $30,000 in his pocket. I saw him with like 30 grand in this like knapsack that he had and he carried it and pass out hundred dollar bills. Here's 100. Be like, man, (laughs) I want to get me some of that. So this new nil thing, you know what it's going to do? Tim Brando said it a couple weeks ago. It's just going to make it more visible on what was going on. Now a guy at a car dealership giving a kid 50 bucks or $500, it's totally above board. I don't really think college football is going to change at all. Now, when it comes to like um, certain programs having an advantage, well, dude, that comes with winning. If you win your program, you don't think people like at Penn State, or you don't think Pitt, or you don't think Ohio State. Look at what those guys got in trouble a couple of years ago with. Uh, what was it? The tattoo five. I mean, how dumb is that that you wrecked a career in Jim Trestle? Jim Trestle is one of the greatest college football coaches. He's now the president of Youngstown State. And he enjoyed – I've asked Jim numerous times, is he ever going to get back into coaching again? And he he basically said, no, I'm enjoying it. And I, I think he won a couple national championships. I think it was uh, Division One AA. And um, he won a couple national titles there before he won that national title against Miami when he was at Ohio State. By the way, illegal flag. They didn't really win it. They stole that from Miami. Thank you. That would have been number six for us too. By the way, late flag, completely hijacked at the Fiesta Bowl. It's the worst call. I'll never go to that game. And by the way, I want to show you something too of that Fiesta Bowl. Look at this. I love the Fiesta. I, I love the Fiesta Bowl people. And look at what they try to do all every year. They try to get me to go to the game every year. <laughs> and I just say this. No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, a Cal, that Penn State stuff, yeah. No, they keep asking me to go to that game. And they want me to, like do some ceremony. I'm like, no, 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 no. I lost that game. Big sales don't show up to places that uh, he ends up losing. That ain't going to happen. That's not going to cut it. No way. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing guys like Bryce young and these guys that are going to be able to make and benefit from their play at their institution. Get this. So now these kids, if they don't make it in the NFL and the kids that don't make it in the NFL, but if they have some impact on a team winning a national championship, you get a chance to make some money on the way out and maybe start your life. I think that is spectacular. I think it's a great thing. couple, maybe you make fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000 being part of a team that won a national title or a very successful team. You get to start your life doing that. How is that a bad thing? As a matter of fact, if I was the school, if I was Alabama, LSU, Ohio State, USC, I'd be promoting that. Look at what these kids did. They came to USC and these guys ended up benefiting and these guys ended up making money, getting an education, Watch this: making money, getting an education and winning football. Tell me the problem with that. Why has the NCAA always had their thumb so down on that? What's the absolute problem with that? I'm not getting it. Okay, enough with that. I mentioned the Steelers. Oh, real quick, before I get into the Steelers here. I'm going to make a comparison on Aaron Rodgers to a athlete that is so hypersensitive. By the way, I got accused prior to going on the air today by Krause and Cal that, man, Sills. Oh, and, and, and maybe because my aunt watches it and some of my best friends watch this thing. Man, Sills, you get a little bit over the top and you get a little bit angst and hey man when, when you do shows like this little pressure you know little sometimes you get a little bit I didn't want to use the term unraveled okay I'm not using that term unraveled but what you do do is you know you're like oh man I gotta just I gotta take everything off the table here and so I'm not comparing myself to these two dudes because I think these guys are really hypersensitive because I don't really care what you think of me, okay? I don't. I could care less. As a matter of fact, I was telling you the other day, uh, it, it, like like my friend Howard Eskin. If you hate Howard Eskin, Howard goes, beautiful. What did he say? Hey, I don't want an apology. I just want all of you to kiss my ass. <laughs> Every time I play that soundbite, I text him the other day. I go, dude, I play that sometimes Before I go to bed, it's so funny, man. Just, I don't care. I just want you to kiss my ass. He's so right. It's a merit badge, man. But Aaron Rodgers is, here's the comparison. To Kevin Durant. Like, Aaron Rodgers must watch all these, like, sports talk shows and listen to sports radio because he he commented that, he had somebody cleaning his house in Green Bay. And he goes, oh, don't read anything into that. Don't read anything into that. I, don't, I always have somebody clean my house because he's living in California right now. And he's like, but don't, that doesn't mean I'm coming back. And that was on the internet. And if you say anything to Katie, who said that I was unhappy in San Francisco, who said I didn't like my teammates, Hey, Kevin, who cares? Why are we all so... Is it really that Twitter and Facebook and these platforms? You know, maybe maybe I'm not looking at it right because look at what the President of the United States, when he was on those platforms... Oh, and by the way, you notice one thing about the uh, suspension for Trump? They're two years. Oh, just in time for the 2024 election. Gee, really? Okay? Really? If you're going to keep a guy like that off the social media platforms, you ban him for life. Trump's got a two-year. That's the next election year. That's the next election cycle. You get the midterms next year. Then you got after that, you got the stretch run for the presidency in 2024. And so you're going to put the guy back because you know why? You know what that guy does to your Twitter page and to your social media platforms, he creates a ton of traffic. There's no doubt the engagement on Twitter's been down since Trump's not been on that thing. Okay? And look at what that guy does. That guy says anything, or anybody, it's a place where you can make anything up. It's like a fairy tale book. Hey, did you see what Trump said about the dead uh, soldiers? He Called them lowlifes, which isn't true. Wall Street Journal came out and said it wasn't true. Oh, yeah, we made that up. (laughs) Oh, yeah, after the election. Oh, we made that up. Oh, okay. (laughs) That whole Russian hoax thing? I mean, those guys won Pulitzer Prizes doing it. And they were complete fabrications. It was a complete fabricated story. You won a Pulitzer Prize? I used to actually think that award mattered. They, they, they were doing it for four years, and they won an award of the esteem of the Pulitzer Prize for telling lies, and people didn't care. It just sounded good, and now you see athletes. Kevin Durant, I didn't say that I was unhappy. Who cares, Kevin? You, why answer it? I've learned, a big, I've learned a big lesson from Trump when he was on Twitter. Don't respond to these idiots. And when you do mute them, it's the greatest thing on the planet. I discovered this about a year ago when there's a complete drive-by media hack. I just go like this, dude, another internet assassin mute. And it aggravates them more because I don't want to hear you. I don't care, but Kevin Durant can't man. This guy's been accused of having like 14 burner accounts, (laughs) right? These two guys, man, you say anything publicly about him, Aaron Rodgers and Kevin Durant. You're like this. Look at these guys engaging with a guy with an egg on his Twitter page and eight followers. He's engaged with that guy. And you're like, why? Why? Because it's public? To me, it's like the outhouse wall of social media. That's what Twitter is. It's an outhouse wall. This guy is a jackass. Signed, Bob was here. (laughs) You know, you're in the urinal and you're like, "Uh, that Bob is a tool. (laughs) Right? Bob is a tool. It's an outhouse wall. That's what you're reading. Guys, you see, there was a guy today that wrote something. Silly you said, monkeys in 2012. You're an awful human. I'm like, guy. Another internet assassin. Mute. I don't care. Complete mistake. Uh, But, you know, see, Stephen A. Smith can say Shohei Otani can't be the face of baseball because he's Asian. I make a mistake, and you hold that against me. That's my – and by the way, talking to my boys, I don't care what Stephen A.'s point was. I care that that point is not looked at as what I did, too. He apologized, made a mistake, he said. Not me. That dude gets a hall pass. Gee, let me edit myself. I wonder why. Okay, let's get on to the Steelers here. So I asked my friend Howard Balzer. Thumbs up or thumbs down on the Steelers going into this year? And I think Howard brought a great point up. You know, sometimes when you've had a... Consistent line of success and consistency for so many decades. Sometimes you start to go into some dips here. And when the quarterback is starting to age, like, would we not agree to to this? You think the Pittsburgh Steelers have held on to Ben Roethlisberger one or two years too much? It happened in Miami with Marino. Okay? It didn't happen like that in Denver with Elway because Elway's last game was a Super Bowl win. He didn't hang on for two extra years just to squeeze them puppies out. And by the way, the 49ers, they made a mistake in letting Joe go. Joe took the Kansas City Chiefs to the AFC Championship game. The Chiefs. Prior to that, Patrick Mahomes is the only guy to get a team into the AFC title game. It was Joe Montana was the other guy. I think Joe played two years there or something like that. Two or three. I don't think it was long. Right? I mean... Now you look at Roethlisberger and you're doing this. I don't know. Maybe they should have moved off him last year, taking a couple bumps and bruises, just to try to find a guy. I know they signed Dwayne Haskins, but is that really going to be the answer to the future of the football team? Look at what they've. Look at what the Steelers have actually lost in the last six years. Think about it. Okay, they lost Ryan Shazier. Remember him? He got paralyzed. The linebacker. He was a guy that was the Gronk equalizer. He could play the seam. He was awesome on tight ends and he could play the run. He was a better version, in my opinion, and I think highly of DB, Derek Brooks. He was a better version of Derek Brooks. He was a Tampa two type defender that could play at that linebacker position that I thought was of all the players they've lost over the last six years. I think he's the most essential guy because he was some factor on that football team. Their front seven is real good, but when he was on it, they were electric. TJ Watt's been a great pass rusher. I'm not I'm, all of that, but Ryan Shazier was sensational. Gronk had struggles with him, struggles with him. Gronk when when he got hurt, Gronk ate that Steeler off defense up, just ate them up. They lost AB. They lost Le'Veon Bell. Howard talked about the offensive line that's been decimated. This past off season here, so the Steelers right now, in my opinion, I think they're trending down. Would it shock me if the Steelers ended their season this year seven and ten? No, because Ben Roethlisberger decided that this was the year at thirty nine or whatever the hell he is, that he's not going to eat like um, like yodels, and he's not going to eat cream cakes and donuts. Hey, you know I'm in shape now. Why is that, Ben? you been working out? No, no, no. I've cut back on my donut intake. (laughs) Yeah. Ben Roethlisberger's off-season conditioning program is cutting back on donuts. This guy's a doughboy. Hey, seriously, man. Hey, Ben, so we doing like sprints and stuff, and were you getting ready for the upcoming season? Yeah, no. I mean, I really worked hard, man. I mean, you know, I ran around my pool a little bit, and, you know, I was diving off my pool. I was taking my trash cans down off the hill, you know, down on Oakland. I live over in the Oakland section of Pittsburgh, you know, taking them trash cans down that hill, man. And then the big one, my wife didn't go to Dunkin' Donuts, man. I mean, not having them Krellers and jelly donuts, man, has been a real sacrifice for me to play this year. I have lost 38 pounds. 38 pounds just by laying off the donuts and not eating the Krellers. Oh, and the milk. I don't eat the milk. Oh, Okay. Sounds like the Steelers are ready for a prime season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, when Ben Roethlisberger's offseason conditioning program is laying off three jelly donuts, you know you may be going to have a good season. Just in the nick of time, right? All them years of eating them jelly donuts, man. This is the year. Hey, I'm in my best shape of my life. I bet you are, man. When you cut back three jelly donuts, <laughs> when you cut back on three jelly donuts in the morning, remember something. That's just morning intake. Big Ben. There's a reason you call him Big Ben. You know, three jellies in the morning, three before you go to bed at night. Glass of milk. I don't. All right. We will take a look at. And by the way, one of the favorite topics for my boy, Crousey, is vaccinations. Oh, Michael Irvin saying something again on it. We'll hit on it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: I get scared sometimes.
2: Of a lot of things.
0: Learn more at IBEW98.org. On the field of life
2: it's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at goarmy.com.
1: Antonio National Football Show. Free jelly donuts. That's Ben Roethlisberger's preparation for uh, the upcoming season. Laying off him. 39. <laughs> what a fat guy. <laughs> of all, hey, when that guy takes his shirt off, like, at training camp, seriously, shades are needed. You're like, dog, man, come on. Okay, I want to eat my meal here, man, you know. Tom Brady has turned his body into being a donut factory into being an elite athlete. Ben Roethlisberger, I compare him to Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony came out of college at Syracuse the same year that LeBron did. One guy's a fat turd, and the other guy's an elite athlete. You know, and all of a sudden now, Carmelo's like, yeah, no, I got to work on my body. Dude, you're 40 years old. <laughs> Why? What's the point? Oh, I'd like to play a couple more years. Oh, you maybe you should have did that when you were 22 when you came out of Q's. Oh, by the way, the car tweet is picking up some steam here. Yeah, I got some folks here, like, uh, let's see, Hitman. Oh, yeah, Blaine Bishop, pro bowler, uh, likes it. Paid for by the bag man. Go Canes. Very good, very good. Jacob Media, too. You can go over to at Dan Silio Show to see the Big Sills Miami Hurricane Corvette. Here, I'll give you one more peek of it here. At Dan Silio's show here. Yeah, this was the Big Sills ride. Talk about a magnet in college. Look at that thing. Hey, Don. Hey. You drive down, down South. You see, South Beach wasn't like what it is today. South Beach was terrible. Uh, South Beach was like, if you ever watched Scarface, that's what South Beach was. When they shot that guy in the middle of the road, that's what South Beach was. It's a terrible area. But you go down like Coconut Grove. Hey, Don. Yeah. Hey, Big Sills is here. Want to ride? Hey, <laughs> it's all good. So here, Michael Irvin, you know what? I, I You can always tell when there is a topic that pushes buttons. What do you think is going to be a button pusher to people who are non-sports fans? Look, it's funny. Krause goes like this. Jesus criminy. Not vaccination conversation again. You know why? He's a sports fan. Sports fans don't. P1s, those are the people that we'll always have as sports fans. Those dudes don't give a crap about that. They want to know who you think's gonna win the NFC East. Don't give a You know, they don't care about that. But the people that are kind of like fringe fans, well, should they go to a game? I mean, you know, COVID and mask and da-da-da, and identity politics, da 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 those are hot topics that push the button for people. Michael Irvin knows this. That's why he Michael Irvin would. Here's a guy here. And, and look, I'm gonna be very careful because he's my friend. Okay, the cocaine issues, and now we're talking about wearing a mask and vaccinating yourself. Okay. We're looking out for one's health. Okay. Hey. We can all turn new leaves over, I think. Okay. Right. I'm all right. Grow up. You know, you push the blow away. It's okay. What's Dana say? Hey, you know what? That cocaine's very expensive. (laughs) Right. Okay. We weren't above vaccinations now. He says he's disappointed that the Dallas Cowboys are not all vaccinated. Actually, what's being reported is that half the team's not. And how about this? The biggest name won't say whether or not he's been vaccinated. That's Dak Prescott. And I think Mike's aiming at him. And that Dak Prescott would be a Pied Piper for the vaccination campaign that the NFL seemingly is on now that all players should be vaccinated. See, the NFL can't tell players to get vaccinated. They can't. They could just make it hard for you. It's against the law to do that. I've been saying that. So Mike's really, you think Michael Irvin is aiming vaccinations at the third team defensive end? You think he's talking to an offensive lineman? Or do you think he's talking about the star quarterback who just got $42 million? He's talking to Dak. He's not talking to anybody else but that dude. It'd be really beneficial if you were out there front and center and showing everybody that you're vaccinated. Maybe that might make the entire team do it. And maybe that might even be a community. But you have no right to do that. And by the way, if you're on that side of the aisle, that is going to be something that you're going to you're going to pimp and you're going to push. Is that hey, the more faces and more public notoriety that we can get with superstar people that are vaccinated. You might get people to go, well, and as I said to you yesterday, you know, it's not the Trump people who aren't vaccinated. It's Latinos and African-Americans. Only 19% African-Americans and Latinos are vaccinated. It's probably a distrust with the government. I don't know. I just threw that out there. So it's got nothing to do with that. And those are Democrats, aren't they? Just saying. Mike's aiming this at Dak. So, you know, know, know the room. He ain't talking to a 13 linebacker on that team or some offensive coordinator or some wide receiver coach. All right. I saw a story today. And, you know, I got to tell you, I, I can't actually wait to see what this guy's journey is going to be this year. And believe it, it it's, it's a really weird story. It's a really weird dude. He's been on, I think, nine different football teams, and his name is Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know what he said today? This was as they're getting ready to go into training camp and they're getting ready to try to defend the NFC East crown that they won a year ago, maybe by default, right? This is a pretty good defensive football team. I think it's the best defense in that division. But he said this is the best environment Washington, wow. This is the best coaching staff. Wow. This is the best situation when it comes to being the guy that I've had in my 17 years. That says a lot. You know, this guy has thrown for over 40,000 yards in his career. This guy's got quite a resume. This guy's thrown for more passing yards than... Troy Aikman, Terry Bradshaw. I mean, he's thrown for a boatload of yards. I actually like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if Fitzpatrick can play like he did in New York with the Jets a couple years ago, I think that Washington team is going to be in line to potentially repeat because they have the defense. The Giants have the best defense along with the There, Redsk- I did it. The Washington team in that division, personally, I don't really care, but I do it because it makes you feel good. And the best quarterback in that division is Dak. So, you know, I, you always go with the best quarterback in each division because that traditionally ends up playing itself out. All right. We really appreciate everybody coming aboard with us, as you always do each and every single day. Thank you so much. Don't forget, hey, Krause and Cal, thank you, Big Joe. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, if you missed the show, you can go over to the Jacob Media channel and you can like it, share it, watch it later, do whatever. We really appreciate it. Four to six Eastern time. Till then, we'll see you on the flip side.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.